you know, how in the world could we possibly believe that salvation came from us or, or whatever? And yet in Christianity, sometimes it's proposed that way. It's like, you know, God, it wasn't God's idea to save us, but we, we forced his hand in it. And so that's just insane. Now, I want to read uh, Galatians chapter one. Paul is writing uh, to the church in Galatia. In it's just uh, it's crazy because the the salvation message of the new covenant did not come from us; it came from him. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, you know, my thoughts towards you are good and not for evil. And and he starts going into actually. Let me read that. Let me read that real quick. Um. Jeremiah 29.11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. That's crazy. He says, Then you will call upon me why? Why did they call upon him? Because God's thoughts towards them were good, not for evil. God wanted blessing on them, not cursing. God wanted to help them, not destroy them. Understand, this is during the law. He is writing this to Jeremiah, to the people. And yes, there's some prophetic element to this, but he is making a statement here. And he says, you're going to call on me. Why? Because I'm good. I'm not evil. I'm not trying to rule you with an iron fist. I'm trying to show you that I'm a good father. In verse 12, Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you, and you will seek me and find me. You know, in the church today, we talk about like everything's a mystery, like Jesus is where's Waldo. I hope we find him. And he's like, you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Whose thoughts towards who were good? It was God's thoughts towards us that were good. I want to read something else to you. Paul writes in Galatians chapter 1, and he says, Grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace. Where does it come from? from God the Father and the, and our Lord Jesus Christ. So grace and peace couldn't come to you had they not granted it towards you. Do you understand that? Grace and peace could not be given to you if it had not been first granted to you by the Father through Jesus, who gave himself for our sins. Who gave himself? So you're telling me God did it first? God reacted to us first? Yes. Yes. Let me say that again. Yes. Who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil age. Dude, that's crazy. He is saying very simply, simply it was God's idea to grant us grace and peace. God's idea, not my idea, not your idea. God's idea to give us grace and peace 
through the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay. Obviously, Jesus was sent by the Father. Verse 4, who gave himself for our sins. That means he gave himself. So there wasn't a committee vote, and the Democrats or the Republicans voted, and Jesus was like, oh, dude, really? I catch the bad end of the stick, and I got to do this for y'all, even though I don't want to? It's not what it says. It says he gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil age. Okay. According to the will of our God and Father. Whose will was it? Who wanted this to happen? Who was trying to get this done? Whose idea was it in the beginning? For you to be set free, healed, delivered, everything that with peace and grace, that your life would be transformed through Christ, in God through Christ. Whose idea was it for you to be set free? God's idea. It was God's idea. It was through Jesus. Jesus did this willingly, not reluctantly, not with as a burden, but out of demonstration of love that Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. It was his idea. Dude, that's an amazing thing to understand because a lot of the times when things get difficult, what do we say? Man, I don't know how, you know, maybe God's mad at me. Dude, God did everything towards you to remove that. He did everything possible to remove that. Now, I want to read what Paul writes later on in Galatians uh, chapter 2, verse 20. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. Okay, see, that's your decision. You and I, a lot of times we go, man, we got to make Jesus our Savior. Dude, whether you acknowledge that or not, or the world acknowledges that, he is the Savior. He is the Savior to the Muslims, to the Buddhist, to the Sikhs. He is Savior to the atheist, to the agnostic. He is Savior to the witch, the warlock. He is Savior to everyone that has heard of him, every pagan, every idol worshiper, every idolater, every fornicator, every adulterer, every liar. He is Savior. Why? Because he is the only salvation possible. That's bottom line. So whether anyone accepts the fact that he is Christ with a Messiah, he is Savior to the Jewish nation, to the Jews. He is Savior. It doesn't matter what you and I think. He is Savior nonetheless. He is Savior. We think we have to make him Savior over our life. No, he's Savior no matter what. What you and I have to make him is Lord. Lord over our lives. Is he Lord? Because if he is Lord, then I must submit to the Lordship and the authority of the King. I must submit to the will of the King because he is Lord. That's why Paul says, for I have been crucified with Christ. Why? I have made him Lord. My life in the past is now dead. It is gone. Jesus is not the only one that died on the cross. I died with him. I died with him in Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. 
Jesus is not the only one that died on the cross. I died with him. And guess what? Jesus is not the only one that resurrected. I resurrected with him. He died on the cross for me. Amazing. And I died with him. Why? I made him Lord. Why? So when he resurrected, guess what? He resurrected with me. Or I resurrected with him. Better said. Much, much better said. It was God's idea, not my idea. Now, I just want to read this last passage. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19, Paul is writing and says, Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord in whom you are also being built together for a dwelling place of God in the spirit. Who's doing the building? but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building being fitted together. Who's fitting it together? How about the one whose will it was to build it? God built this, is building this, built this building, building placed Christ as the chief cornerstone. And in that, he is putting us brick by brick in this. God's will in building this to be strong. Into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Whose Spirit? His Spirit. Who's the pillar that's holding it all up? Christ. Who's the one that's building it? God. That's pretty amazing. So when you and I sit there and go, and we struggle with this, man, this is really hard. This is difficult. What did I do wrong? Is God mad at me? Dude, it was God's idea to save you. It was God's idea to heal you. It was God's idea to deliver you. It was God's idea to set you free. It wasn't your idea. You wouldn't have had that idea unless peace and grace would have come to you. Jeremiah, it says that my thoughts towards you are good, not for evil. And because God's initial thoughts were towards him were good and not for evil. In Jeremiah 29, 11, 29, Jeremiah 29, 12 says you were able to call on me and seek me. Why? Because my thoughts towards you were good and not for evil. You would have never come to me. You would have never been able to come to God had his thoughts towards you initially wouldn't have been good. So whatever you're struggling with in your life, in your marriage, in your health, in your finances, I just want to remind you, his thoughts towards you are good and not for evil. Dude, he's amazing. Jesus is amazing. God is amazing. The Holy Spirit dwells here. 
We just read that in Ephesians. Dude, I am the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. He dwells in me. So every morning when I wake up, these hands, there is life in these hands. Why? Wherever these hands touch, life flows from this place to another. It flows from life. And Christ is in me, the hope of glory. So whoever I touch, life flows from me. Whoever I speak to, life speaks through me. Whoever I pray for, life flows from me. Why? Because of me? No, because of Christ in me. And guess what? It was God's idea to be in me. It wasn't my idea. It was his idea. That this became a dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. So I just want to pray and then uh, and let you go. But Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, for those that are watching, to be blessed, to be set free, to be healed. Now, in the name of Jesus, every sickness, every disease, every infirmity, every oppression, every depression, every suicidal thought, go right now in the name of Jesus. You will go. You will obey. It will be this way and no other. You will listen and you will give them rest and go. Leave them now in Jesus' name. Every sickness in their body, every disease, by the power that is in the name of Jesus, be free. Arthritis, leave them. Go, cartilage, be rebuilt in their knees, in their elbows, in their shoulder blades, in their back, in their neck, in their spine. Now, in Jesus' name, be healed. Any infirmity, now, in the name of Jesus, be healed. In Jesus' name, right now, be set free. Whatever you couldn't do, go ahead and do it. Why don't you message us, email us, text us, let us know. We'd love to hear the testimony of what God is doing in your life, in your marriage, in your home with your children. We love you here at The Hub. Uh, we love you, and uh, we're praying for you. Pray for us. As Paul said in every letter, I pray for you, you pray for me. So we love you, man. And if there's anything we can do, please contact us, let us know. But whatever testimony you have, let us know. We'd love to hear it. We'd love to be able to share it. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.